Welcome to the BWFA Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast series brought to you by Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This podcast is informational and not a specific recommendation. Please consult with your financial advisor. Welcome back and welcome to a BWFA podcast regarding the SECURE Act. And this is part two. And my name is Larry Post, Senior Tax and Planning Advisor here at BWFA. And with me is Tyler Klug, a financial planner at BWFA. And today we're going to talk about the SECURE Act Part 2. Those of you who did not listen to Part 1, if you're so interested, please go back and listen to that. Part 1 dealt mainly with pre-retirement, those people not in retirement age, not collecting on their retirement plans. And this is part two, deals mostly with retirees, those people who are already at the age to withdraw from their retirement plans, whether they are employer-sponsored plans, IRAs, Roth IRAs, and we'll talk a little bit about those, QCDs and penalties. A lot of different things have changed. And as always, and what I said at the top of the previous podcast, understand there are over 100 provisions of the SECURE Act 2.0. This is a very high-level review. We'll be having upcoming podcasts in the future that will dig into some of these topics a little bit more in detail. We'll probably want to wait to hear from the Department of Labor and or the IRS, because as usual, they will write regulations to interpret this stuff. The things we read online is just that, high-level views of these parts of the act. Until they get instituted by either the IRS or the Department of Labor, we just don't know enough. So we wanted to give you a little bit of information. So let's start talking about, and obviously this is the probably the biggest thing people talk about is, when do I have to take my money? What is my required minimum distribution age? And Tyler, what's changed? Well, just realize for those of you who turned 72 in 2022 or earlier than 2022, there's no need to make any change. You just need to continue taking your RMDs as you've been doing. So that's easy for you. Um, But for those of you who are turning 72 in 2023, um, you do have the option to wait to take your first RMD by the end of 2024, or because it's your first, you could delay it until April 1st of 2025. Now, if you did delay till April 1st of 2025, you would have to take two RMDs that year. So typically, most, most of the time, we don't recommend that strategy unless it is appropriate for your financial plan. Um, Most folks usually take it within that first year, so that would be December 31st, 2024. Um, So they did change it. So for folks who are born between 1951 and 1958, they'll have to begin RMDs at age 73. And then those folks born 1959 or later will have to start RMDs at age 75. So it is a stark change from the RMD age today of 72. So so 73 is the new 72? And it will be 75 in 2033. Great. Um, So another thing that's interesting is we see this a lot when people pass away and executors are looking into collecting assets, this whole idea of lost money. We know that when money is not claimed, unclaimed funds, when money is not claimed by uh, individuals from banks, brokerage companies, life insurance companies, when money hangs out there, including retirement plans, it goes to the state. And the state maintains a list of these assets. Well, what's going to happen now is the Department of Labor is going to maintain a database that's called the Retirement Savings Database. And so if you have an account 
with an employer plan, and again, regulations have to be written, so there may be minimum number of employees to report, so I don't want to get ahead of myself and put the cart before the horse, but there's going to be a database maintained by the Department of Labor that will help people locate missing plan dollars. Like I worked for a plan, I left, I was only there for a year, a year and a half, six months, I didn't know they put money in for me, I left, I didn't roll anything over, and lo and behold, 30 years later, you find out you have an account. And so you will be able to check this database, whether it's name, social security number, to say, hey, I have an account. And so most likely what will happen is plans, custodians, plan administrators will have to report to the Department of Labor on an annual basis information regarding people's accounts. And that way, if you have it, it's going to be reported and you'll know where it is. Hey, that's pretty good. Um, QCDs. What happened there? Qualified charitable distributions looks like a little bit of the same, little bit of difference. Yeah, I think um, for those of you who are familiar, a QCD or qualified charitable distribution is a way you can give the charity from your IRA. Uh, once you turn 70 and a half, you do have to actually turn 70 and a half. It's not the year you turn 70 and a half. It's actually on your birthday or later. Um, well, your 70 and a half birthday. Um, and, but that didn't change. The 70 and a half remains the same, but they are going to start indexing that $100,000 limit for inflation starting in 2024. So that amount will increase uh, with inflation, which is good news because that has remained the same uh, since they put that into effect for a couple of years now. Um, but they also added a one-time $50,000 contribution amount that you're able to give to certain charitable trusts and annuities. Um, there's some more complex strategic charitable planning um, that we could potentially help you with. Uh, or we'll discuss with our clients if it's appropriate, but there is just some more flexibility with what you could do with those dollars. But just be aware, um, you are still not allowed to give a QCD to a donor-advised fund. That has not changed. Okay. Uh, quick update on Roth 401k. So in the past, there's been no required minimum distribution for Roth IRAs. You can take it past 72, 73 now, 75 in the future, you didn't have to take it, you could leave it there forever, roll it over to your beneficiaries. That wasn't the case with Roth 401ks. If you were not employed at your employer anymore, but you left your IR, your 401k and Roth 401k with them, you were subject to required minimum distributions from both 401k and Roth 401k once you hit the RMD age. That has now changed. There's no requirement to take your Roth 401k from your employer, and that just makes it consistent at, like Roth IRAs. That begins in 2024. So the most expensive penalty on the IRS, IRS's books is not taking your RMD, your required minimum distribution, when you are supposed to. So if I was supposed to take it at 72 and I don't take it one year, 50% of what I was supposed to take goes to the IRS. What have they done for me, Tyler? It's a very hefty penalty. It still is a large penalty, um, but they did reduce that, which I guess is good news, but you still don't want to be in a situation where you don't take your RMD. Um, and that's something we help our clients with, uh, of course. Um, but they did reduce that 50% penalty to 25% of the shortfall. Um, so again, still do not want to uh, you know, have to pay that penalty. You want to make sure you take your RMD. Um, they also added another reduction. If the account holder withdraws the RMD and submits a corrected tax return on time, um, they can previously, or excuse me, they can reduce that 25% to 10% if they correct it on time. 
But nonetheless, 10% is still a fairly large penalty, so you don't want to be in a situation where you have to pay that. Great. And the last item we're going to talk about, we get this question all the time, more so from a planning perspective than a tax perspective, is, hey, I've got unused money in a 529 plan that I put away for my children, grandchildren, whatever, typically children, because... Um, we can always roll it to new beneficiaries. That's one planning technique. But what happens if I have this extra money in a 529? My kid, my children have gone to college. I don't need it anymore. In the past, it was either roll it to your grandchildren or yourself and go back to school or withdraw the money, pay tax on the earnings, including a 10% penalty because I didn't use it for education. And so now all of a sudden the IRS says, and, and Congress says, you know what, we're going to give you a little reprieve because people have saved too much in 529s. And so now what they've said is that the unused amount in your 529 may be rolled over to a Roth IRA for the same beneficiary without penalty or tax. So you have a 529 for your son. He's done with college, got scholarships, you got extra money. He's now out working. And you say, well, I can roll this over to a Roth IRA in my son's name. Obviously, I can't take it back if I put the money in, but I can roll it over to the same beneficiary of the 529 to a Roth IRA without paying tax and or penalty. Now, if I just stopped there, life would be wonderful. But we all know that with anything in the IRS, there is a but. So what is the but, Tyler? <laughs> well, there are, of course, contribution limits. Um, you can't just roll over the entire balance. So you know, if you had $100,000 of $529 in excess, well, you can't roll all of that over. Um, you are subject to the same Roth contribution limits um, that you'd otherwise be eligible to, to contribute to outside. Um, so for example, in 2022, uh, if you're eligible to a Roth, you can contribute 6,000, and then there's the catch-up amount that Larry had mentioned. So that 6,000 contribution limit this year, 6,500 next year, that would apply. That would be the maximum you could roll over in a calendar year. They also um, announced that there's a $35,000 lifetime limit. So it's not an unlimited amount that you can roll between the 529 and the Roth. Additionally, um, just be aware, as, as I just mentioned, there are maybe some income limits to whether or not you're able to contribute to a Roth. Um, the AGI limits for the 529 to Roth rollover do not apply. But of course, they still do apply to actual Roth contributions. Um, so a lot of things to consider, a lot of things to think about. Obviously, this is very complex. So I would strongly recommend before you, you know, start rolling over any balances, uh, make sure you're talking with us, a planner, a tax advisor. Make sure that you're you know, crossing your T's and dotting your I's. Because uh, obviously, this is very new um, and a lot of complexity there to make sure that you know, you're doing the right thing for you and your, your family. Yes, well, that's great, and um, I think that's a good summary of the retiree provisions. I will say that that 529 rollover is probably the most confusing of all these new provisions because of the limitations of lifetime, the annual limitations on the contributions, AGI limits are waived, but they're not for regular contributions. I think that's probably the uh, that, and if we go back to our last podcast, I think the catch-up contributions and... Um, the ability to put those, the requirement that those go into a Roth depending on your income limits are probably the two most confusing uh, changes to this um, outside of some technical aspects of plans, which we won't get into. But I hope this was good information. As I said, more to come. 
There's a lot of uh, regulations that need to be written by the Internal Revenue Service or the Department of Labor before these go into place. So please stay tuned. And please, the most important thing is to talk to, as Tyler said, your tax advisor, your financial planner, because you need to understand how these work. And they don't always work in a vacuum. They work with a lot of other parts of your financial life. So uh, take care. And we look forward to seeing you back as we dig deeper into some of these provisions. Thanks for listening. For questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance, your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.